Yes, the European Parliament is on TikTok. Indeed, the European Parliament is on TikTok now, and this is the very first TikTok from the official account after having banned the app last year due to security concerns. Hello and welcome to the last episode of Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I would like to share some really good news with all of you who have been listening to us for all this time. The Beyond the Byline is transforming into a brand new product. So we're taking this podcast beyond of what it is today and we're creating the first daily podcast focusing on EU politics and policy. On the 11th of March at 6am, we're launching the Today in the EU podcast. But resuming to today's episode, the European Parliament wants to use TikTok for the upcoming elections, despite previous bans due to cybersecurity worries. Last year, both the European Commission and the Parliament banned TikTok from official devices due to these concerns, but now it looks like this position has shifted. We spoke with Julia Tar, Euractiv's technology reporter, to find out about the transparency regarding its use and how can TikTok be safely used during the electoral campaigns. Yulia, did you ever think that we will get to this point and we will see the European Parliament on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends when, when you would have asked me this. Because uh, the news broke at the beginning of February, uh, actually by Euractiv, by Eleanor Vasquez. So she broke the news on the, that, the, that basically the Parliament will join um, TikTok despite the previous bans and cybersecurity concerns regarding this. Um, so if you ask me uh, since then, then yes, we knew that this was coming. I would say that at the time of the ban, I did not think that they will, you know, register themselves. Can you give us a bit of context and tell us what happened in March last year, 2023? Because that's where it all started. First, it was the, the European Commission that banned um, the application for its staff. And then very shortly after, it was the Parliament that followed as well. It, uh, the Commission's Corporate Management Board decided to suspend the use uh, of the TikTok mobile application on its uh, corporate devices and also personal devices enrolled in the Commission mobile device system. The measure is in line Said in February 2023, during a midday press briefing, Sonia Gospodinova, Commission's spokesperson for internal market, defense, industry, space, education, youth, sport and culture. Basically, they had cybersecurity concerns, data privacy concerns regarding the usage of, of TikTok, but uh, it was only for corporate devices. So you, you could, if you were there and you had, you know, on your own personal phone, you can, of course, use it. They can, I don't think they can ban that. This month, they announced that uh, for the election campaign, the parliament, I mean, they will, they will still use it. I really, I, I saw two kinds of opinions on it. Mm. One was that, you know, of course, they have to be there because the, the voters are on TikTok, especially young voters. Mm. So it's important. And the other side was that, like, thinking that this is a hypocrisy to, <laughs> to use it yourselves and then yeah. ban it for your stuff. But where does the security concern stem from? Is there really a threat there? You know, of course, you give away your data to any kind of application you use in a way. Um, for, for TikTok, I think it was a lot of, a lot of the people are concerned about the Chinese aspect, mm. that what if the Chinese government is able to access your data? Even if they've never been on TikTok, your trackers are embedded in sites across the web. Yeah. 
TikTok surveils us all. And the Chinese Communist Party is able to use this as a tool to manipulate America as a whole. And this is what Kathy McMorris Rogers, the chair of the House uh, Energy and Commerce Committee, said during a U.S. hearing in March 2023 when the U.S. Congress interviewed TikTok CEO Shu Zicho. There was no like concrete evidence on this. I want to say that, but some <laughs> some still think that that's the case. And this is, I think, not a concern for other applications. So that that's why this is unique to TikTok. What arguments do you see in your coverage that suggests that the platform is susceptible to external influence? I mean, you know, there were news on, for example, that uh, um, a journalist for uh, who worked at, at the time at the Financial Times, she was spied on through TikTok when she was covering um, something related to the app. I think that was in 2022, or maybe that's when the, the news broke on it. Um, so it was a few years ago. How does the European Parliament plan to use TikTok in a cybersecurity-friendly way? I mean, that's really a question for them. <laughs> but um, I asked them and, uh, you know, they did not give a lot of details on how they plan to use it. That's why I, uh, that's why I talked to a cybersecurity expert in, in my, for my article to see how it can be used. That, that would be completely safe. What I, I understood from the Parliament's answer was that they will not use the infrastructure of the Parliament. So that means, you know, basically they will not be, to simplify it, they will not be on Parliament Wi-Fi, for example. Now, now let's speculate and try to understand the plan here. TikTok is banned on official devices, but the Parliament is having a TikTok account now, right? Could we speculate then that the person managing the account has downloaded the app on their personal device? And it's using the official account of the parliament on their own personal device. To my understanding, the ban for stuff is still in place. So on their on their um, you know corporate devices, they cannot use it. So my, I think it could be someone's, uh, but this is really just like a guess. Mm-hmm. So someone's private phone, and that's what they use their own data. But I think what was interesting is that the cybersecurity expert that I talked to, Valentin Weber, he said that. Um, this is not enough, like there should be more steps to take. So first of all, he said that it should be like a new, completely clean phone that you don't use for anything else but TikTok. Uh, and he, yes, he, he also mentioned that, uh, that they should avoid um, using the Wi-Fi. And, um, but he said it's not better to use, like if, if it's not a clean phone, it's not better to use your own either. Like it's basically the same type of concerns being raised because it can have access to your data. And uh, what I think is might be the most concerning is that he also said that even if like all these requirements are met, your phone can still, you know, have access to your microphone or the to your TikTok. Camera. Yeah, to your camera, exactly. So he said basically they, they should not even be in a room where anything confidential is being said. Mm. So... Right. I'll take the liberty and ask uh, here if there is no proof so far that TikTok isn't a tool for the Chinese government to use. Why the suggestion to have a spare phone? Well, the cybersecurity expert, I think he was leaning more towards the possibility that there is mm. this this danger, even if it's a potential danger. Um, but he did. I, for example, I asked him because I know the parliament is also on Instagram. Of course, that is that is matters. Um, app so so it's not Byte Dances which is the Chinese one, and which is the the parent company of or the owner of TikTok. 
and he said from a data privacy point of view, it's not much better to use that either. Mm. Um, but he, he explained that he doesn't think there is a potential danger for for the government there. Or even if there is the US is is a different is it a very different, different <laughs> example yeah. than US? Because you're talking a little bit now Insta- about Instagram and TikTok. So let's dig into this a bit more. What is the comparison between the two regarding security? I will say I did not hear any news on someone was spied on via uh, Instagram. Yeah. It might have happened, but mm. I, I did not hear that. So I think that's already already might be an example of how TikTok can be more dangerous. Um but I don't know if this is uh, relevant, but I think it might might be worth to mention that President Joe Biden is also on TikTok now. I think the news kind of came more or less at the same time, a few weeks apart, on the parliament and him. So I think it's a and that's also interesting because for a lot in a lot of states, for government officials and I think also maybe state officials, it's it's also prohibited to use their uh, on their corporate devices. So I think this is a little bit of a pattern that uh, at least we have two examples of both in the one in the EU and one in the US that, you know, mm. you migrating to, yeah. to TikTok eventually. Um, but, you know, one of the most important questions on this is how does the European Parliament plan to utilize TikTok as a platform to combat disinformation and promote reliable content? My understanding is that just by being present and posting whatever content they will post. You, when you're a user on TikTok, you know that, okay, that's the, the official account of the mm. European Parliament. That is reliable information, what they, what they post. I think that's that's my understanding. I don't know how much they, or if they plan to monitor other content related to EU elections and and, disinf- and if they find disinformation, what, what they could or would do. That might be another aspect. But I think just by being present and reaching an audience of young voters, that's already already something that I think they hope that will, you know, make sure that, that, the, that the people know that that's reliable information that they can get from there. And of course, you reach different types of audiences, I guess, on, on TikTok, on Instagram, or on X or X. You already mentioned that you talked to researchers and experts on this. So in what ways has the changing landscape of social media platforms, particularly regarding data access and cybersecurity, affected their ability to analyze elections effectively? And what implications does this have for the upcoming EU elections? I talked to two experts for my article and... um so it was Katya Munoz. She was telling me about this a bit. And what I found very interesting is that researchers somehow like simultaneously know more and less about this year's elections. They know more in a, in a way that I think we are more aware of the dangers, like artificial intelligence, deepfakes, cyber attacks, even um, disinformation, just like these kind. We are aware of these and a little bit more, I think, than we were a few years ago. But at the same time, uh, she told me that um, that there is less access to data for them and uh, from platforms. So the example that she gave me was uh, Twitter at the time. It was called when Elon Musk uh, bought it. Uh, but now we know it as X. So, for example, their 
feature, I guess, for uh, for uh, researchers, which is called t- Twitter API, um, which is still available, but now you have to pay for it. And I, I don't think it's really cheap. <laughs> so you don't really have access to data anymore yeah. to do your so I'm, research. I'm not sure how many people you, you know can actually afford that. Maybe mm. companies. Or, uh, I mean, okay, that's not for me to judge, but she said that there is mu- that this is an example of how you know it's a bit more restricted now and in general a lot of she mentioned that a lot of people were let go of at on social media platforms and most of those people were working in safety and those kind of departments so for them it was more of an open access to data and it was easier to i guess conduct research based on that than it is now And Julia, I really wonder, how are the regulations uh, the EU has set in place regarding TikTok um, can reassure security while using the app? From a policy point of view, I think it's worth to mention the Digital Services Act, or the DSA, um, which is already enforced for very large online platforms and very large online uh, search engines. But again, Katya, she she noted to me that she she doesn't think that enough time will pass between the enforcement and the EU elections for this to really have an effect on this year's EU elections. I guess this is also something that we have to see when we get there. But um, but I think that's also an interesting point to make that, you know, this might not have such a big impact yet. Immediately. Yeah. So what's your take on this based on your coverage so far? I think that, you know, everything has two sides. I mean, there is a lot of safety challenges and cybersecurity challenges and, and, and concerns. But at the same time, I think, as the, the experts also noted to me, it makes sense for the parliament to be on, on social media, including TikTok, to reach the voters. So I think, it, you know, for example, Katya asked me, like, As, I guess a, like a rhetorical question of like, will you really like just let others people to play around uh, on social media and not have a say in in what whatever they say, for example, about the EU elections and maybe just in elections or democratic tendencies in general. So I think that was a good good point. So yeah, it makes sense because yeah, it is a platform that you can use. So why not use it and contribute in the discourse that is yeah. going on in this platform regardless. Yeah, so, you know, I, I I did not want to message in my article that we should not use it or, or the parliament shouldn't use it. It's just that I think, I I don't think there is a lot of transparency on how they will use it. Uh, when I asked for details, um, that I mean, they gave some that I mentioned to you, but Very But they few. said that, yeah, they said that uh, for cybersecurity concerns or cybersecurity reasons, they cannot give more and in safety reasons, they cannot give more, which I didn't understand how sharing that would endanger them. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is something that I'm missing. So, you know, I'm open to <laughs> to be corrected. But um, yeah, I just, so I just wanted to look into how if they use it, I mean, now they use it, how it can be safely used. Thank you very much, Julia. 
I am Evichori, and this was the last episode of Your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. We will be back with you on Monday, 11th of March, with our daily podcast, Today in the EU. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your platform of choice. This episode was produced by myself, Miriam Science de Tejada, and Nicoleta Yonta. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time. As part of our commitment to accuracy, inclusion and transparency, Euractiv is part of the Trust Project.